This is Green Men Radio with Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan. Brought to you by Whistler Bungie. I think they're hilarious, so I don't want to say I want to go to the box, but uh, you know, maybe there'll be a confrontation there that's pretty funny. I like you, but you've gone too far. Show a little glass. If the glass wasn't there, would you do it? I don't think so. We get some chuckles on the bench when we look over and we see them uh, you know, upside down on the glass. They're pretty comedic and, and uh, it's pretty funny. We simply have had enough of looking at their rear ends and their crotches. They've been more than a pain in the neck to almost every team that has played here. Smart enough. You look like jerks. They're good guys. Don't be mean. Be green. Son of a bitch. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Green Man Radio on Sportsnet 650, powered by Whistler Bungie. My name is Adam Forsyth, joined as always by Ryan Sullivan. If it's your first time tuning in to Green Man Radio, you're wondering what the hell is going on. <laughs> it's the Green Man, everybody. The two guys who used to be in green spandex, sit beside the penalty box, antagonizing opponents over the years. We decided to retire a few years back and keep our faces hidden so now we're on the radio silly yeah it's the best way to do it this is you know dream on green's destiny according to charles barkley what he said he had a face for radio ah right right and the whole green green thing it does fit in there yeah right that works so not too bad yeah so this is the cut the coronavirus edition of green man (laughs) radio because i mean yeah things are changing by like this day has been hectic this might be the last broadcast we do from the studio yeah. because across the country, quarantine measures are being taken up a notch here. Well, this is episode nine of Green Man Radio. We are on every Wednesday when the Canucks are not playing or there's not a Vancouver Giants game on Sportsnet 650. And our next episode will not be until April 1st. So I can only imagine what will happen down the line there because yeah. it's it's taken over. It is heavily taken over. And the news has been breaking uh, I'd say more heavily today than earlier in the week. I mean, you've been you've been dropping bombs. You're you're the Twitter guy. Yeah, you're all over Twitter. You've been dropping these bombs on me all day. So we'll get into the coronavirus stuff. We also got to talk some Canucks because they earned a big win last end over the Islanders. They desperately needed that win. Like that was hmm. a nail biter. A fantastic game. Um, I bet the under. So I'm not exactly thrilled oh. that it was four four going yeah. into yeah. What was what was the over under? Uh, I, I bet it, I I teased it up so it was a six and a half. I need had the Canucks to win an under six and a half goals. Uh, that was eliminated by about the 16 minute mark yeah. of the second period. You'd think though, not a bad call. Well, all the other games earlier in the night had been low scoring, so it was kind of a, a disaster from the start. But, <laughs> hey, a win is a win for the Canucks. That's what really counts. If I lose money and the Canucks win, I guess, you know, at least I break even in spirit. Yeah, that's the Michael Scott win-win-win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plenty of ways for tune in, uh, to tune into Green Man Radio, not just on Sportsnet 650, but you can if you're listening to us in the future, it's because you're listening on a pad, uh, podcasting platform. We're on the mall. We're at Spotify, iTunes. So you can hit us up on sportsnet.ca slash 650. We're under the Green Man Radio tab. And, of course, we're powered by a bunch of fantastic sponsors. Whistler Bungie being the latest uh, with the weather finally turning, too. I got to get up there before the snow melts because a, a Whistler Bungie jump with the snow and the river below is fantastic. Yeah, It's like two different experiences, whether you go in the summer when it's like hot and you're wearing shorts or yeah. this one where you get to like bundle up and wear a jacket as you plummet into the snowy depths it's once once you go like the thing is a lot of people are like oh i bungee jump that that's nuts to me if you're afraid of doing it once you do it once or you'll be addicted so it's amazing yeah and whistler bungee is a nice way to go because it is picturesque and it's not 
overly high. You can find some higher bungee jumps out there. So this is like a, a yeah. scenic one, and it's a nice little tester to get you started. Intro. A little intro. So uh, Whistler Bungie, obviously uh, a huge fan of us and a huge fan of Green Man Radio, or at least we, we think so. Also, a huge shout-out to our other sponsors, Pastime Sports and Games, their location in Metrotown, hooking you up. Still on that quest for that Quinn Hughes rookie card in the latest Upper Deck Series. We'll find it. And then Berard Physiotherapy, because I got some aches and pains I'm going to complain about later in the show. And of course, we'll get to our Yuck Yucks Vancouver airing of grievances, because I know, Ryan, I I feel you have an epic rant lined up this week. Oh, it's a two-pager. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. A scripted two-page rant. I am. Well, no, it's actually two pages of bullet points. Oh. So it it could be like a 14-minute rant. (laughs) Is that what all all those loose papers are in front of you? Yeah, I'm going to start the rant here, and we'll be quarantined by the time I'm finished. There's leaflets everywhere. Uh, well, okay. So before we get into the Canucks and that kind of stuff, why don't we queue up what we got coming up on the show in terms of our interviews in the 7.30 and 8 o'clock hour because this might be one of our most stacked lineups yet. Absolutely. Starting things out, you know him so well around these parts. Not only a 2011 legend, but one of the finest beards you've ever seen Mr. Chris Higgins will start things out, ladies and gentlemen. And then we move things over to a nice apology segment. That's how we open it up anyhow. A guy that we just we felt horrible at the time ripping this guy because he was a good Vancouver guy. Well, Vancouver, well, not from Vancouver, but he was a good Canuck for the longest time in 09-2010. Shane O'Brien. We had the which way to the Roxy. He was just sitting there, head down. We ripped him a little bit. I feel bad about that. One of the more infamous Green Man sketches and one of the ones that kind of went viral a little bit on on Twitter and on YouTube because uh, that led to us being absolutely ripped apart and destroyed by Don Cherry, which is what you guys heard minutes ago Mm -hmm. on the intro to Green Man Radio on Sportsnet 650. So, yeah, we owe Shane a big apology because, I mean, he had some... Demons? I don't. I don't know. You. He, he he, he, yeah. He was. He was. He was a bit of a guy that that in the city. And I mean, obviously, you're a young guy. You got the dough. You, why wouldn't you? My voice cracked. But why wouldn't you do it? I would do it absolutely. So yeah. I mean, I. I was never one of them that were like, oh, how could this Shane O'Brien? What is that? It was awesome. I loved it. So for those unfamiliar, the prop went down is when he was with the Nashville Predators round two, the 2011 playoffs, and we had that which way to the Roxy sign. We brought a bunch of martini shakers and serving trays and plastic glass, hoping to take a penalty. And man, like all those props we brought, Sully. Yeah. What if he didn't take it was serendipitous? It could not have worked out better. Use of serendipitous. The you movie Sir- Sir- yeah. big fan. Fantastic. But you no, know, that, that's exactly it. I mean, there's so many props. I don't even name half of them that we ended up. Either like you know, you pillage or just throwing in the so much unused stuff. Unused. Do you remember the uh, the rogue the, the yeah. gets laugh? Oh, loving that. We had the prop. Even it was beautiful. We had the cardboard cutout of Ryan gets laugh and his bald head, and then a shaving kit. Essentially, yeah. we we're gonna the spin him again as well. I loved the spin him again. Thinking of looking back to that Ryan gets laugh one. Like, did we bring a razor? Did we bring razor blades? <laughs> I think we might have actually. Arena? Yeah. Like, how did we get chance. away with that? I don't know. Hey, th- the bags were always checked. We we weren't you know sneaking anything by anybody. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then your favorite <laughs> of all time, which whatever, spin him again. I loved the spin him again. It was so good. Context to that one? Yes, Keith Ballard. Obviously, you got to remember this. Back in the playoffs in San Jose, uh, Jamie McGinn coming in for a huge hit. Ballard drops the hip, does a huge flip in the air, and of course, beautifully, the camera had it in slow motion. Anyways, we turned it into the spin him again. Which was essentially just you know like a like a like a wheel of fortune kind of thing on a stick, 
but it was Jamie McGinn and you could spin him around. Endlessly. It was one of our more intricate. <laughs> I loved it. I think that song cost us $500. It did. It cost a lot of money. Huge so, waste. Yeah. Uh, so either way, Shane O'Brien and Chris Higgins coming up on the show is going to be a blast to talk to them. I mean, Higgins now part of the Canucks front office. So we'll kind of maybe dabble into what he's doing, working with some of the younger players on the team, his thoughts on the Canucks current situation. It's getting, it's getting tight for the Canucks. It's getting very tight for the Canucks. And I mean, you know, you know, we were kind of teasing it at the top of the show, but these games that they have in front of their home fans, they got to be putting W's up because they could be playing in front of empty arenas before you know it. Well, by the end of tonight, they might no longer be in a playoff position. Right now, they currently are, but mm-hmm. there's a couple of games on tonight's NHL schedule, so we'll see how it all shakes down. But it is like razor thin at this point. Yeah, Demko, so clutch last night. He was the reason they Incredi- won. He was incredible, and he needed that performance because... There was starting some. There was a little bit of doubt creeping in, especially in the hockey market. I mean, Canucks fans—they don't overreact, do they? They, they don't overreact <laughs> the smallest thing. I'm gonna light this up in my airing of grievances, buddy. Believe oh, me. All right, we're just kind of giving a nice teaser right now. But I, I completely agree with you, and I feel I feel like Travis Green and the team would agree as well. In that there's there's been a few games where Demko hasn't played all that bad. Sure, he's let in a little squeaker here and there, but the team has to be scoring. You're not going to win if you're not putting goals in the net. And, I mean, that's that's a fact. That's science. That um, is science. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that Demko has been letting in some little ones here and there that, yeah, sure, he'd probably want to have back. The team has slowed in their scoring a little bit. It was nice to see him find the back of the net a few times, uh, a few times more than they have lately anyways last night. Found a few too many posts, in my opinion. Yes, on both sides. The yeah. Islanders as well. Let's jump into, so Demko. That was a big statement game for him. We'll see how he plays. They have a huge little mini two-game road trip against Arizona and Colorado in the next couple of days. Colorado, learning today, they'll be without Nathan McKinnon for one to two weeks. We'll get into that in the broad physiotherapy injury report. That's a little bit later in the show. But uh, Demko playing well. That's big. Now they hit the road. What about Markstrom? Still nothing, no word on Markstrom. There's all these rumblings that he might be more severely hurt than he is. Mm -hmm. But with the Canucks struggling with Markstrom away from the team, how important is Markstrom, and does this help Markstrom's case when it comes to his free agency? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it absolutely. I mean, his Markstrom's value is in the forefront right now. I mean, with the Canucks kind of wavering a little bit with Markstrom in the lineup, not only did they have uh, a playoff spot pretty well secured uh, in the top three of the division, they they were they were just they were beating the hell out of, of good hockey clubs. Now they're kind of a middle of the pack team, and you can't really you got to really you know take down those expectations a little bit. You got Thatcher Demko between the pipes, a young kid who's really not proven. I mean, he's getting a shot here, and yeah, he'll put up some nice performances like he did last night. But yeah, absolutely. The the value of Markstrom, I mean, he was the team's MVP when he got hurt. And right now, even though he's still hurt, he kind of still looks like the team's MVP. He's the guy that, you know, the missing piece here. He's a, This injury has almost like built his case as to why he should be paid. Like, absolutely. His value has gone up because of an injury. You just got to hope. I mean, these reports, like, what freaks me out is Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman is one of the most well-connected men in the hockey world. And he he doesn't put stuff out there unless he's like fairly confident. Mm-hmm. And the way he's like hedging his words on this Markstrom injury where he's like, yeah, it might be a little bit more serious. They're being a little cagey. That's concerning. If he's kind of hinting at it, he knows more than he's letting on. So that's, that's really fair. alarming. That's fair, but I mean, at the same time, a lot of people thought that Besser would be out for the longest time too, yeah. uh, and he kind of jumped the timeline. Was back in the lineup last night, so you know maybe that's the way the Canucks are going about it now. They're they're not really letting the cat out of the bag, 
And then it's just, you know, everybody wins. Everybody's happy when the guy comes back before you think he will. Yeah. Besser would not have played last night if the Canucks were on a win streak. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> is not like, a chance. But you know what, though? He looked good. They yeah. they said they were going to reduce his minutes, and I thought he he played well. Uh, he was great he, until the shootout. Yeah, he had a chance to play here on the shootout. Uh, it was weird. Why did I still I was watching in a bar, so I didn't quite hear the sound. But why did they blow the whistle when he started? Oh, somebody threw a fake puck on the ice. Really? Yeah, and it like and it doinked right in front of the net uh, and went flying over and hit the glass. And if you're the guy that threw that puck, you're an idiot. What are you What are you doing? I mean, even if you're a fan of the Islanders, like what are you doing? That's just so stupid. People that throw things on, unless it's a hat after a guy scores three, get the hell out of here. Oh. Thanks, Canucks fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, right. We're trying to like save this reputation yeah. That's here. Why we can't have nice things right there. Well, the Canucks are going Arizona, Colorado, and then they're back at home against Winnipeg on the weekend. It's a huge three game in four night stretch. What is the record they need out of those three games? Do they need six points? What like what's the minimum they to, to survive this? Yeah, I mean nobody really seems to be slowing down, uh, and after. With, like, I, I don't have a friend. It was, I can't remember the score, but Vegas and, and Edmonton the other night, yeah. uh, you know, that was an absolute killer. Each each team gets a point. Vegas Vegas won that game, right? Vegas got yeah. two. Um, so, I mean, that that's not helping matters. Nobody's really slowing down at all, and there's such a bottleneck at the top of that division. You need to get out of there as many points as possible. Yeah, I, I think you're onto something. I think I think six would be nice. Uh, four keeps them in the conversation, um, but if they come out of that, you know, if they come out of this weekend with a giant bagel to show for it, they're in deep trouble. Green Men Radio, Sportsnet 650, Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan. Join us on Twitter. It is at the Green Men, at Adam Forsyth and at Vancouver. Chime in with your comments. Hit us up with your questions. We'll get them on air as soon as possible. And again, in just a few minutes, we have a couple of stellar guests joining us, former Canucks, Shane O'Brien and Chris Higgins. So let's transition. I mean, it is Green Man Radio. We're super goofy. We're the two idiots who are in the spandex. But we got to talk about the thing that is now dominating not the sporting world but the world, the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Like five days, two weeks ago, like that was not even on anyone's radar really. And now all of a sudden, over the last forty-eight hours, like the we're speculating: will the Canucks even play on Sunday yeah. against Winnipeg? Yeah, this is uh, it's extremely concerning. And and I was also planning on on going to the Whitecaps game this weekend with the kid. I was all excited. Kid's going to see her for a soccer game. Eh, I don't know if I'm doing that now. Yeah. Eh, I'm not so sure. Uh, but, I mean, you know, and, and I think it would be fine. Vancouver seems relatively untouched for the most part. Um, you know, BC in general relatively untouched. But uh, that's the thing is that, like, everyone's just kind of, everyone's planning ahead now. I mean, yeah, there's been some confirmed cases and and unfortunately some some deaths in, in the Washington State area. So obviously they're jumping on things right now with the Mariners and the Seattle, was it the Dragons or the Vipers or XFL, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. Sounders as well. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you look at like New York State or, you know, the NCAA in general, they're just jumping ahead of things. Right now they can see where the news is trending and they're like, okay, forget it. We're just going to say no fans. Let's just cover our bases because it might get to that point where these different tournaments are, where these different, uh, you know, the different rounds of March Matters are being played that, yeah, they get this word handed down by the governor or whoever that their state's in trouble. So I think Vancouver's going to be all right for a while. I wouldn't worry about the Jets game, but a month from now, we could be singing a different song. Yeah, so to catch people up, I mean, this is all happening within the last 24 hours or so, but here are a bunch of the latest 
uh, coronavirus things that have impacted the sporting world. March Madness announcing that there will be no fans in attendance for either the men's or women's basketball tournaments. The Seattle Mariners announcing that the Mariners' seven home games to start their season will no longer be played in the Seattle area. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets are still saying they are going to play their games, but the governor expected to and make an announcement in the next day or two banning that from happening. In San Jose, the Sharks games are very questionable. The next home game is not until the 19th, but Sarah, uh, the Santa Clara County has banned all public gatherings of over 1,000 people, so that affects Sharks games at the SAP Center. It's just like one after another after another. Uh, the, the Canucks are hitting the road to California pretty soon. We're saying like the Canucks have pulled all their scouting staff off the road. A lot of the players are being asked their thoughts and and whether the teams are taking enough precautions. And and Captain Bo Horvat, I thought he was pretty eloquent in in his words on his take on the COVID nineteen virus. Let's hear from him. You try not to let it affect you, but at the same time, you got to be aware of it and you got to take precaution and 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 wash your hands and and do whatever you can to to stay healthy. I mean, it is scary, and you know that uh, you don't realize the magnitude until you hear. You know the stories going around the the world that you know leagues are shutting down, guys aren't, or you know you hear San Jose might not play in front of people. It is. I mean, you know you just got to take a step back a little bit and and really think about your health and and your family's health too. So, I mean, it's scary, but I mean for me, I'm going to try not to let it affect my everyday life and how I go about a day or or a game. I think I'm just going to go and and obviously take health precautions and, and, and do what I can to, to stay healthy. Are you more aware since Sunday morning? I mean, we talked to you in the room Sunday, and then, of course, the edict came down. Are you even a little bit more wary? Yeah, I mean, situation? yeah, you're like, you try, I mean, you, you, you try not to think about it too much, but at the same time, um, no, you got to be, like I said, you got to be aware of it. But um, as for every day, um, getting ready for games, we're just focusing on hockey and, and trying to, to win hockey games here. Interesting comments from Bo Horvat there. And I guess it is, I mean, athletes have to consider it front and center. They, they got to take precautions. Absolutely. And I, I think the teams are, I, I mean, I don't know. By the time you guys are hearing this, if you were listening to it, not live, but on a podcast forum, it can be completely different at this point. Um, so everyone stay safe out there. I guess we'll find out. I don't know. I, it's, <laughs> time will tell. Time will tell very, greatest very... Greatest cliche in broadcasting. Yes. So it, it is what it is in the words of famous Todd Bertuzzi. Uh, so coming up, though, we have a couple of fantastic interviews on Green Man Radio on Sportsnet 650. We will sit down and chat with former Canuck and current Canuck Assistant Director of Player Development, Chris Higgins. You're listening to Green Man Radio with Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan on Sportsnet 650. Sportsnet.ca and all your podcasting platforms. Powered by Whistler Bungie, Pastime Sports and Games, Broad Physiotherapy, and Yuck Yucks Vancouver. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Green Men Radio with Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan continues on Sportsnet 650. Brought to you by WhistlerBungie.com. And here's Chris Higgins. That's a great pass. He's trying to send Kessler in. Kessler has to track down the puck. Plays it back. Kevin Bieksa. Shot. Score! Tip by Higgins. Kessler to Bieksa and a tip in for Higgins. One nothing Vancouver. You've got it locked to Sportsnet 650, Green Men Radio. I'm Adam Forsyth, joined by Ryan Sullivan. Welcome to segment number two of our show this evening. Another jam-packed episode. In just a few minutes, we will be sitting down and having a chat with Canuck front office member, former Canuck, Chris Higgins. Going to get Higgy with it. We are going to get Higgy with it. Uh, you know, 
again, we floated this out to like some of the the girls in the the newsroom on News Eleven Thirty. We're in the same building. I told the girlfriend, and they're all, "Oh, Higgins." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I have a theory. When he did the whole like it was memed where he lifted up his shirt on the bench to wipe his face to the show off pack? the six pack. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that caught on like wildfire. I'm going to have to maybe do some Photoshop on it myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, good. I mean, between that and the beard. Oh yeah. And you know what? I remember I was driving by, I was driving over the viaduct or something. I saw him walking one time. He is a man rocket. Yeah. I've got to hand it to him. The guy's a stallion. Do you know he doesn't drink? Really? Yeah, does not drink. Maybe so that's what it is. That is probably why he's extremely fit. Yeah, that's why he looks like he's 20. My response to all the women out there is, why have a six-pack when you can have a keg? Well, there it is. <laughs> right? Uh, the Bubba. Yeah. Yeah, right? It's the big Bubba. <laughs> so, well, I can't Love wait it. to jump in with Chris Higgins. He has, he has a really fascinating backstory. I mean, growing up in Long Island, uh, a family full of cops and firefighters, and then he chooses hockey, so I want to ask him all about that. Also, joining the Canucks and... The weirdest injury possibly of all time, a spider bite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he yeah. got he got a staph infection from a spider bite. Yeah, that's what's, pretty crazy. What's staph weird- infections, never a laughing matter. But a spider bite, <laughs> kind of funny. What's your weirdest injury you've ever got? Oh, wow. Uh, I threw out my back bending over to pick up a cracker. Nope. That's oh, Brent Sopel. That was Brent Sopel. <laughs> um, wow. I might have to give me a minute on that one. All right, how about this one? I'll... I'll I'll jump in then. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. when you get like Easter or Halloween candy, right? And you're like, you're so excited because you're like yeah. seven or eight. And so you stash it. So I had all my Easter candy in like a glass jar underneath my bed. Yeah. And I would have to sneak it because it would make like rattling noises. And my parents would hear me eating candy at like 7 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> so I was trying to be careful with the glass. I like picked it up and it slipped out of my hands, dropped on the edge of the bed. And then the glass shattered to a million pieces. And the main chunk of it created like a knife. Oh, and no. stabbed into my foot. And That's not I needed, the best. Yeah, I needed stitches on my toe. Like, oh, how do you gosh. do that? I was trying to eat Easter candy. Uh, you know what? I might have one that could rival that, actually. So when I was, like, 10, we were playing Marco Polo at the pool. I was standing outside the pool, and I had my goggles on, and some jamoke started talking to us. Jamoke. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so we're all just talking. And, but I looked over, and the person that was it uh, was, like, right next to my foot. And I was like, ah! and I like, And I jumped over them. To clear them to jump into the pool, and I smacked my face on the side of the diving board, and uh, I that's broke, good clearance. Well, it's not bad. I broke my goggles, and I got a black eye out of it. So it wasn't great clearance. The diving board, for some reason, was like three feet away from the side of the pool. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I think we should toss it over to Chris Higgins, find out about his weird spider bite injury, and much, much more. This interview powered by Whistler Bungie. Our next guest enjoyed a successful NHL career, having appeared in over 700 games split between Montreal, Calgary, Florida, and most importantly, Vancouver, where he patrolled the ice in Canuck colors for parts of six seasons. He was a key trade deadline addition for the Canucks in 2011, was paramount in helping them get to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. On the international stage, represented the United States at two World Juniors and a World Championship. Now retired, living in Vancouver, works for the Canucks as an assistant director of player development. Please welcome to Green Man Radio, Sir Christopher Higgins. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it, buddy. It's always a blast for us interviewing former Canucks and getting a chance to talk to you guys, especially players from that 2011 run. Uh, but let's jump into your childhood, Chris. You grew up in Long Island, and was hockey just immediately your life? Uh, yeah, as far back as I can remember, for sure. Um, I just loved it. I was a big Canadians fan growing up. Um, big Pac Chihuahua fan, Kirk Muller, Key Carbino, all those guys. So um, my dad was a big Habs fan. So, um, 
Yeah, we just, you know, we lived and breathed hockey growing up for sure. Now, you played minor hockey with Mike Komisarek, Eric Nystrom. Uh, was it comforting to move up each level of hockey with these lifelong buddies? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, especially Komisarek, he was a year older than me. So to see him having success at levels that I was going to uh, go to next gave me a lot of confidence because I trained with him in the summer, grew up playing with him. So um, he was kind of taking that step and, and kind of, you know, showing me the way a little bit. Um, you know, what, what, what needs to change, you know, your work habits, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and uh, Eric Nystrom played with him, you know, pretty much played against him and, and with him pretty much all growing up. Uh, still good friends to this day, lives in Michigan now. Um, yeah, it, uh, it was a great childhood growing up with those guys. We may have to get you to do us a favor because we the premise of this show when we originally launched it on Sportsnet was to reach out to players who were in the penalty box and then apologize for hassling them over the years. And then it quickly morphed into just us interviewing our favorite Canuck players. But we've reached out to Kami a couple of times because we're like, buddy, we owe you a big apology. We were we were heckling him pretty good a few times in the box. So we might hit you up for that uh, after this. But uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's jump again into, into your family life because you come from a bit of a law enforcement family, uh, at least according to Wikipedia. Your dad a firefighter, your brother a cop. Was that ever in the cards for you, or was it is it kind of hockey all the way? Uh, my mom asked me about once a week my entire life what I wanted to do besides play hockey, and I never really had another answer for her. So, um, but I, I I probably could have seen myself being a fireman. Like that's a, it's a pretty cool job, and I got to see it firsthand. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was. I, I really never had an answer for my mom all, all growing up. It was you know that's that's what was going to happen. But you live out a lifelong dream, of course, and and not just obviously playing in the show, but, I mean, you grow up, you're a Habs guy, you get taken in the first round, 0-2 draft. What's it like crossing the stage and putting on that jersey? Oh, man, pretty surreal. I mean, the Habs have uh, had had traded up uh, to that spot, so just as a Canadian fan, I was kind of like, oh, wow, I wonder who they're going to pick. They must like this guy. <laughs> and I uh, ended up being me, and I was just kind of like, oh, my God, this is you know, one of those things that's actually happening. And, uh, yeah, it's tough to, uh, it's tough to process, i got to admit. Now, we've talked to a few guys that, that crossed the stage in the first round, and, and sometimes they shy away, but sometimes we get a gem. There's got to be a good post-draft story going on. I mean, that night you're putting on the jersey. There's got to be something good there. Are you able to share a few? <laughs> the one I'm thinking of, I can't share. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, all right, well, so let's jump into your playing career a bit then. So you have a bit of a run with the Canadians, but between 2009 and 2011, span just over two years, you play for five different teams. Like, What was that like for you, like for your family? Essentially, you're living out of a suitcase uh, was it just something you got used to, and how rough was those two? Were those two years? Uh, they were pretty rough, you know. I think you, you know, I just have to have you have just you know weird thoughts enter in your mind. Um, you know, I just you just get sick of you know moving. So when I came to Van, I didn't really you know I had I had really nothing, uh, no expectations as far as you know my life there. Um, but it was just. <laughs> I loved uh, loved the team. I loved the city. Um, it felt like I, you know, as soon as I walked in, it was, it was just comfort, and uh, um, you know, it made a big impression on me. And and, and you know, obviously, that uh, was a big reason why I wanted to stay. And before you join the Canucks, you get sidelined in Florida, a staph infection from a spider bite that got infected. 
You've probably seen some pretty weird hockey injuries in your day. Where does that rank? Uh, that's that's got to be the weirdest one for sure for me. Um, yeah, I played a game that, that, that night, and I got back to the hotel, and I woke up at like 3 in the morning, and my foot was like five times the size, so I was a little bit worried. Went to the hospital right away, but yeah, that's that's... That's definitely one of the weirder ones I've come across, even uh, you know, with teammates and that sort of thing. Bizarre stuff. So you end up getting traded to the Canucks in the dying moments of that 2011 trade deadline. Uh, you kind of just touched on it a little bit, but maybe uh, uh, your initial thoughts on joining the Canucks, excited that you're heading to one of the teams that are a Stanley Cup favorite that year. Uh, what was going through your mind? I mean, that's a, a pretty far journey too, Florida to, to Vancouver. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I knew, you know, this is... This is probably the best chance I've had in my career to date, you know, by far to win a Stanley Cup. So it was, you know, you get traded there, you're all in, right? Like you're the best team in the league, most skilled team in the league, like probably have the best shot to win it. So, um, you know, and it was uh, it was great for me individually to get traded to a team that, that was, you know, that performed at that level because it was tough to get ice time. Like, you know, if you didn't play well, there was going to be someone that, you know, was – just as talented or more talented you, you know, that didn't get that ice time that, that wants it. So um, that internal competition was, was, you know, was fantastic throughout the organization. You're listening to Sportsnet 650, Green Men Radio with Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan. We've got Chris Higgins on the line. Now, now, Higgy, with that draft at the deadline, I'm always interested. I mean, Adam and I, we always talk about this because we're kind of hockey nerds. Um, but how do you go about it at the deadline? Did you know, like, you're a bubble guy, like, your name's been kicked around, uh, you know, were, were you pretty well aware and well briefed of what was going on, or was it just a total shock? You get a text or you get a phone call or an email. How does that all go down? Um, you know, you're, you're, you're obviously aware of your situation and, and your contract situation. I mean, that's, that's, that's obvious. I think you have, most guys have discussions with their agents just to discuss, you know, possibilities of of your future so um you know i knew i was you know if it was possible certainly um but you just you never think you're going to get traded unless someone tells you like (laughs) you're going to get traded right you just i don't know you just don't think you're gonna um i had taken a nap that that afternoon i i got up at like 3 30 uh a little before 3 30 and i had nothing on my phone so i thought i was good and then right around 3 30 uh I got a call and said I got a flight that night to Vancouver. So back your stuff up, you know. <laughs> well, you made a big impact on the team and you became a staple on the second line in the playoffs with Mason Raymond and Ryan Cass. So we spoke with Raymond on Green Man Radio last month and he said it was fun just to have a front row experience for Cass taking over the Nashville Predator series. A similar experience for you? Well, yeah, I like to think I had something to do with that too. You know? <laughs> You're a paramount buddy, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, I think for for our line, they just you know it was just they just had no answer for it. Like they had you know I, I don't think they were as deep as us. Um, like you know they they could put all, put everything they had to stop Hank and Danny and 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 Burrows and and try to do their best uh, you know with their penalty kill. But um, you know that series, I think we realized that we had a good we had a good matchup, and um, you know if if we wanted to you know if the you know, the Canucks wanted to win the series. Like that's you know, you know, we're a line that needs to step up and and, and play good hockey. 
Now, we covered the spider bites, pardon the phrase, but you're lying there a little snake bit as well. Kessler battling injuries here at the playoffs. Obviously, Mason Raymond uh, in the final, broken back. Uh, Yourself, though, you break your foot in that second round. Did you ever consider sitting out, or did you just feel like, this is a magic run, I got to be here for every second of it? You know, (laughs) I think normal people would (laughs) You know, I think, like, it's just one of those things that's you, you know, guys have played on a broken foot before you. Right. So like, what's your excuse? You know, you can't do it. Like it's already been done. So there's really just no alternative, you know, <laughs> like it's just, that's, that's just the, you know, these are the cards you're dealt and, you know, go, go try to play your best. what do you do each game? Like what the final whistle ends. Are you just like icing it immediately? Are you are you getting some? Are you getting shot up? Like how does I just can't fathom playing through that? Uh yeah. Obviously, there's some pain med- medication involved, but uh, um, you know, for the most part, I think it's you just don't want to let your teammates down. Like you know, they they're everyone's everyone's got a job. Everyone has you know, especially on that team, a pretty clearly defined role, and. Uh, you know, you're you're you gotta fit. You know, you gotta fit your piece of the piece on the puzzle there. Like you, you there's no excuse. There's really no excuses. Um, you know, save for you know going into surgery as far as missing games. Right. A few more minutes with Chris Higgins on Green Man Radio on Sportsnet 650. Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan alongside. Uh, so let's get to the somber part of this interview because it, it hurts us just as much as it hurts you. I'm sure much more for you. But 2011 Game Seven against the Boston Bruins. Uh, the emotions of leading up to that game and then the aftermath of how long did it take for you to get over that loss? Well, that's still ongoing, the, the second part. Though. You and me both, buddy. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for that day for when it when it doesn't, but I don't think it'll come. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, man, like just, you know, the, just an emotional journey, the whole thing. Like it's the, the swings from game to game. You know, period to period, shift to shift, or, or sometimes so extreme that it's it's um, it's very valuable to keep your 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 focus as small as possible, and 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 uh, you know, not get caught up in you know what's, what's actually going on, like the, the 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 scope of the game you're playing in. That's fair, and uh, now we're always interested to get the the two different takes on this. I mean, speaking of that that final, I mean that. You guys visit to a couple of visits to Boston, but um, I mean, ours was a little bit different than most. We were in the crowd when Aaron Rome uh, put down that hit on Nathan Horton, and and nobody could take their frustration out on you on the ice, so they took it out on the two idiots in green suits in the crowd, um, and we were getting we were getting death threats, we were getting garbage thrown on us. Um, yeah, so that was that I was think, our experience. I think you guys and a couple of the wives too. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, no, well, our apologies to the wives as well. Um, but, uh, you know, what was the experience like for you? I mean, on the ice, once that moment happened, once the fans all saw the replay on the big screen, the boos are coming down. I mean, the, the Bruins kind of, kind of wake up a little bit in a sense, uh, cause you guys were killing them the first, you know, five, 10 minutes of that game. Um, you know, what was the feeling like for you guys down there? Well, I think you, first of all, you feel bad for Horton to, to, you know, see a guy go to, like go down like that. Like, you know, it's just, you know, anyone, anytime a guy gets knocked out, like it's just, you know, that your stomach kind of gives away a little bit and you feel bad, you know, like it's, it's scary. Right. So 
I think that's that's you know first and foremost. And I think second is just you know I think you just you're constantly just trying to adapt to you know the game. I think you know it was a bad situation for us to be in, but you know you just just keep moving on. I think um, you know we tried our best, but obviously uh, you know the guy that game especially kind of turned on on that hit. All right, well, let's end the 2011 talk on somewhat of a lighter note, hopefully. Uh, we have to, we've loved to ask this question to some of the other 2011 Canucks we've had on the show. The Green Men experience for us, obviously, we're two idiots, just super fans enjoying what you guys brought to us every single night. But were you guys aware of us, or were you taking a peek over at the penalty box when we were trying to you know, piss off Zdeno Chara? I always watched, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, especially yeah. I mean, TV timeouts. Like, you know, if I had my my head in order, I'd take a peek at you guys for sure. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, you were never on the receiving end of our shenanigans, but did you ever have any memorable penalty box moments with fans, uh, or even just on the bench, where you're like, what are these What are these guys up to? Um, I had a pretty interesting incident in Philly uh, when I was playing with Montreal. We went in there for the playoffs and. Uh, and uh, <laughs> this kid couldn't have been more than 14 years old. And he, I'm standing there in warm-ups, and he's banging on the glass. So I turn around, and he just spits on the plexiglass, like, right in my face. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Philly. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights tonight, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, uh, so, we, I mean, we mentioned, you know, a couple years there where you were bouncing around a bit. You find some consistency with Vancouver. You sign a few extensions here. Uh, was it nice to finally have that home base uh, instead of worrying about, you know, moving around and kind of, you know, where you're heading next? Yeah, I mean, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, somewhere in the middle there, my, my daughter was born here too. So that was, that's obviously, you know, as a, as a parent, that, that stability, you always want that. And, um, and, and just the, uh, you know, the security that, you know, you're going to be around as much as possible. You know, and we travel quite a bit, but, uh, um, you know, to have a home base in a, in a city that I love, it's, uh, you know, it means a lot. Definitely. And, uh, you know, you, you stayed here a number of years after, uh, you know, but the 2011 success, uh, you guys never quite met that mark again, but that's, you know, that, that that's expected as the team gets older, but more and more guys just started, you know, leaving the bench sort of thing. Willie comes in, you know, the whole court gets kind of changed. You know, how hard is that to watch for a guy that was, that was here for all the success? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's no secret that it was tough on, you know, everybody, the whole city was, 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 uh, you know, felt, uh, felt awful during during the decline of the organization like it's you know and uh um it's that's why it's so <laughs> refreshing to see um you know games this year and, and and watching as much as i have it's uh um the product on the ice is it's you know it's gotten so much better and i think uh, a lot quicker than and then some people have uh anticipated yeah it it you're absolutely right and uh you know it's interesting to see like you know vancouver we have great fans, but they can be a little fickle sometimes, and, and they can show up a little later in the season, game 50, game 60. Uh, out of the places that you played, I mean, where would you rank the Vancouver fan base? And I'm not, I'm not going to get you in trouble here, uh, but I'm just thinking, like, you know, you played in, in, in Montreal. I mean, you grew up in Long Island. You know, really passionate fans. What's the big difference in, in those hockey hotbeds? 
Well, here, I think they've done a great job with, like, the in-game product recently. Just, just like, as a fan being in the, you know, being in the stands or, you know, watching games, uh, you know, with the management crew. I just think that, um, you know, the fan experience, they've, they've, I don't know, it's, it's been more enjoyable to be at the rink, more engaging, um, you know, with the fans, I think. Um, as far as, like, overall experience, um, you know, I, it's no secret that I love playing in Vans, so that, that, that goes without saying. But, uh, you know, playing with Montreal, obviously, is, you know, it's a dream come true. And, um, you know, when things are going well in that city, that, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, it's tough to be, to, you know, put that at near the top, obviously. Um, as far as road rinks to go into, I love Chicago. Um, I liked how they cheered during the anthems, and it just felt like, um, some, I, you know, a meaningful game. Sometimes the game, you know, the season gets a bit monotonous. Um, and whenever I went to Chicago, it actually, I don't know, felt different. And, and I, you know, I kind of I liked that. Yeah, we, we always wanted to go to Chicago, but we felt if we went there in the green suits, we'd probably come back with a few less teeth. So, uh, played yeah, it safe. Probably a good call. Maybe now, maybe now, maybe, you know, the water under the ridge, right? Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> so, so to give us some time. Uh, you know, we've been talking about that all year. The marketing, the presentation this year has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, you've been watching a lot of the games, uh, with, you know, with a great seat there. Are there any regrets Jersey wise? Are there any jerseys here that you wish you got to sport during your time in Vancouver? Oh man, definitely the black one for sure. Like that's, I don't know. I, I, I like that one a lot. I wish, I, I know that's a popular sentiment. Uh, I definitely wish I were worn that one. Yeah. Uh, the flying V, man. I, I wear the flying V too. Why not? <laughs> it's intimidating, man. That's awesome. Why not? I hear you. Let's break that one out. <laughs> All right. Speaking of your uh, post-playing career, you joined the Canucks front office, working alongside Ryan Johnson, another former Nuck, of course. Uh, for those unfamiliar, what are your responsibilities on a day-to-day basis these days? Well, um, for the most part, uh, uh, Ryan Johnson oversees obviously the um, you know the team with Utica. Um, you know, I'm in contact with them. I know concerning the players there, but for the most part, most of my focus has been on our draft picks that it, um, you know we've drafted and they've uh, gone back to U.S. College or Canadian Major Junior or Europe, and uh, you know it's kind of just stay on top of their game. Um, talking through plays that I see with them, um, you know, sending them video clips of things that I see that maybe they could help help on, and, and kind of just being, you know, to be honest, like almost a part-time psychiatrist, like trying to help these guys with a mental approach and, and um, some of the tricks and, and things that I learned in my career to help me, uh, you know, when things are going poorly to, you know, reverse that as quickly as possible. So, um you know, <laughs> having a daughter, I feel like these these guys are my kids sometimes, you know, like I'm just trying to help them along and, and trying to teach them what, what I've learned. And, and uh, to be honest, there's a lot of uh, a lot of parallels between the two. Nice. And, you know, for those that, that don't see you on, on TV on a nightly basis like we used to, just a quick update because you've got one of the best beards in team history. Is the beard game still going strong? Uh, I recently just shaved it, but yeah, I mean, give me two weeks and the thing's pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty grizzly again. <laughs> nice. What, do you need like? Are there any? Uh, you know, use some oils in there or anything like that? Or no, it's all it's all natural. <laughs> oh, well played, sir. Well played. Uh, beautiful. Well, yeah, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us, man. We truly appreciate it. A 2011 legend, ladies and gentlemen, Mister Chris Higgins. Thank you so much, buddy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There it is. Chris Higgins on Sportsnet 650. Green Men Radio with Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan. An awesome, awesome chat with a former Canuck. Uh, 
what a personal guy. Yeah, that was, very much. That was a lot. He was like an open book. Yeah, he was he was great, and I'm super excited for him. Like the new role that he's taken on, uh, and he was saying like, yeah, like the the players that he has to go watch, like he's, they're almost like his kids now. Like he gives them so much advice. Uh, a very very cool transition from being like the. You know, you come in as the rook, you work your way up, you're a veteran guy, you're giving advice to guys on the bench, and then just kind of an easy little transition. You're still a part of the game, a huge part of the show, and you're keeping the advice going, bringing the next generation up. Definitely. There's a, an excitement in his voice when he's talking about hockey and the Canucks, and I think a, a lot of the retired guys we've ch- chatted with, they kind of like not lost the spark, but they just are, you know, onto the next phase of their life. And I think it's really cool that Higgins, like... He's an East Coast kid who has now set up shop here in Vancouver. Wife, kids. Yeah. Like, he's made the best of it. He's loving life, man. And and how can you not? With a beard like that, uh, I mean, mind you, he mentioned he shaved, which to me seems blasphemous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like Dave Babbitt's without the mustache. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, he had, he had a great career, a storied career, bounced around a little bit, some uncertainty at the start. Uh, but definitely found some good consistency here in Vancouver and, and had a few great years. I think that's where his like his mental clarity, that excitement that he talked about. When you play for was it four or five teams in a, in a two year span, like that's got to be mentally wearing. And he even touched on it. He's like, ah, it was what it was. I don't know. <laughs> it sucked, but I made the best of it. I was getting paid to play in the NHL. Like, that's kind of you know that's the attitude I really liked. So fantastic chat with Chris Higgins, and in just a few minutes we'll chat with one of his former teammates. Absolutely. The one and only Shane O'Brien. We've been chasing this guy for a while. We'll, we rib him a little bit at the opening of this because, uh, you know, we're like, hey, come on. And then hi, he's a huge golf guy. So understandable. If the yeah. weather's nice in California where he lives, he's going to bail out in golf. Yeah. So we got him locked down. We got him on the podcast. Cannot wait to chat with our boy, Shane O'Brien. You're listening to Green Man Radio on Sportsnet 650, brought to you by Pastime Sports and Games. We now return to Green Men Radio with Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan on Sportsnet 650, brought to you by Whistler Bungie. Kessler. He now has Burroughs and Raymond with him. Samuelson's playing with the Twins. Here comes Alex Burroughs. Drop pass. O'Brien shoots. Greenman Radio on Sportsnet 650. Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan with you for our number two of our program this evening. Just coming off of a great chat with Chris Higgins, a former Canuck. And in just a few minutes, we'll be joined by another former Canuck, Shane O'Brien. And he will be the second member of the Pedley Box Club on Greenman Radio. Yeah. We had Sheldon Surrey on earlier <laughs> this year, and now we have Shane O'Brien, where we have to apologize because we wore those green spandex suits. We sat beside the penalty box, and we tormented them for taking a penalty. Yeah, I, I mean, but for Shane, it was a pretty heavy, high-stakes situation when he came into the box. I feel kind of bad for him, so excited to get into that with him. Uh, you know, Surrey was just another penalty, no problem. But, uh, but yeah, it's interesting to hear these guys' different reactions. Like, you know, obviously we could tell you uh, you know, what we saw and what we were feeling, what we heard from our side of the glass, it's always pretty cool to get a, the uh, perspective from the other side. Yeah, for sure. And as we heard last segment from Chris Higgins, even though he wasn't in the penalty box with us, he was looking over. He said, like, 2011, <laughs> the finals against Boston. Yeah, he was taking a peek, trying not to laugh. So it's it's pretty cool that, that we had a chance to make an impact on the game and that the fans at Rogers Arena had a chance to make an impact on the game. It shows that, you know, if you are going down to the rink and you are being creative, yeah, you are making it. Did you see the last night, the Huggy Bear? 
I love the Huggy Bear. It was, it was fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. For anyone that who didn't great. see it, I'm sure it'll kind of make the rounds on social media. But someone came yeah. to the game dressed in a bear costume with a giant Quinn Hughes jersey on. And, and it said Huggy Bear on the back. Yeah. And, and our understudies in those seats have been doing pretty well since we stopped going to games. We've been paying them a lot of money to sit there and stare ahead. And they've done just that. They have done nothing. And it's yeah. been perfect. A fantastic job done by all. They're doing the, they call it the statue. Yes, it's quite good. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember, uh, this just sparked my memory because it said Huggy Bear, but do you remember the giant bear costume that attended Boston Bruins? Yes, I do. So, the, again, we... We talked to that guy. Did we? We did. He was sitting near us. And Because I remember, we were like, why would you do this? Like, we can actually see what's going on. So it's the, got a green tint, but we can see. The context of it is we were in our seats, the usual seats for, I think it was game two or game five of right. the Stanley Cup final against the Bruins. Either way, we're sitting there, and then this guy wearing a massive bear costume. No idea how he got in the building because it was like <laughs> seven feet tall. He must have been sweating in that. It was June. Yeah. And he just came down and hung out at the penalty box with us. And then we got the credit. Everyone's like, that's hilarious. You brought a giant bear into the game. <laughs> like, that was not us, but yeah. good on that guy. Absolutely. That was very impressive. Yeah, We've met some pretty cool other mascots in these suits. Phoenix Suns Gorilla, <laughs> uh, Howler over in uh, Phoenix there. Do you remember when we met Tony the Tiger? That's not true. It was at the NHL. Yeah, the NHL like alumni game, you know, like Theo Fleury at the Coliseum and whatnot. The Tony the Tiger? Tony the Tiger was, he was obsessed. He kept like, he was following us. And I'm not trying to pump our tires here, but then he really came out of character and was like, hey guys, let's do this. Like, no, 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 no. Like this, you're rule number one of being a mascot. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> Tony, you're ruining this. Yeah. They're children crying. He didn't even roll his R when he said they're great. That's the, that's the cardinal sin. Like that that's num- that's rule number one of the job. If you're wearing the Tony the Tiger suit, come on. So we've had a plenty of fun interactions with mascots and the crowd in our Green Man years. I'm sure Shane O'Brien has as well. Let's get into it with Shane O'Brien right now. Green Man Radio Sportsnet 650. Follow along on Twitter as well at the Green Man at Adam Forsyth and at Sullivan Cooper. Let's chat with Shane O'Brien. All right, our next guest burst onto the scene in 2006 and leading all AHL D-men with points in the playoffs. He graduated to the NHL in 07, and he never looked back. After time with Tampa Bay and Anaheim, he joined the Canucks in 2008, instantly becoming a fan favorite. He patrolled Vancouver's blue line for 141 games over two seasons and notably played his best hockey in a Canucks uni during the playoffs where he was a pain in the ass for two hard-fought second-round series against Chicago. In 2010, traded to Nashville where he helped the Predators get to the second round of the playoffs for the first time in history where they met us. His career would continue with stops in Florida, Colorado, and Calgary and his next career highlight happening right now. He joins Green Men Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Shane O'Brien. Wow! Thank you, thank you. That was uh, that was an impressive intro. Maybe the best I've had in my career. I love how you brought up the uh, the stats of the American League playoffs. Uh, way to do your homework, boys. I appreciate it. <laughs> thanks for having me. Of course, and of course, and and I didn't mention perhaps the most important uh, co-host of Point Breakaway with Josh Cooper as well. Fantastic podcast. Uh, definitely check it out. I, I didn't know so many Keanu Reeves references. This is fantastic. Yeah, right. So I'll be honest with you, boys. When, <clears throat> when Josh first reached out to me, uh, I met Josh when I was in Nashville. He was, he was covering the team. He was going to Vandy. Um, I didn't love the name. We had a few other ideas, and, and it just stuck with Point Breakaway, and it's actually grown on me. Um, you know, so we've been doing the Ducks and Kings all season long. I've had a lot of former teammates come on. 
Uh, it's been a lot of fun. So I enjoy doing it. I enjoy you boys having me on, and um, let's have some fun with this. Well, Absolutely. Sully said he was going to – he was so excited we found out about the Canaries reference. This is not an exaggeration. He has a giant movie poster of Speed hanging on his wall at his house. His wife hates him for it. <laughs> I love that. Hey, and i got to be honest, boys. I hadn't seen the original Point Breakaway in a long time. Uh, and me and Josh started doing this. Me and Coop started doing it. And I'm like, I better fire this movie on. And I forgot how good not only Colonel Reeves was in it, just how good of that movie it was. So if you haven't seen the original <laughs> Point Break, for everyone listening out there, uh, fire it on one night because it's, it's, it's a good flick. Patrick Swayze at his finest. I mean, Johnny Utah, yeah. you know, a career ends too soon with that <laughs> knee injury. It's so good. Absolutely, man. Um, well, let's, yeah. let's dive right in here. Uh, okay, I, you know, Adam had a chance to talk to you last week. On, uh, on Sportsnet 650 here. So I'm getting my first chance, and I need to throw this out there for you. 2011, you come into the penalty box. You know, it, it's never a good time when you're in the sin bin, especially, you know, stakes are so high in the postseason, and we've got a which way to the Roxy poster. We're serving drinks and whatnot. <laughs> a, a huge heartfelt apology, my friend. I'm sorry. No need. No need. I love it. I, I mean, listen, I... Uh... You know, I appreciate your guys' uh, shenanigans, and, and uh, you, you made the game more fun. Just at that particular moment, uh, like I said last week, you know, we were hanging on for dear life against the Vancouver Canucks. Um, you know, it was game five on the road. We were, we were just trying to hang on to bring it back to Nashville for game six. And um, if you ask me, it was, it, was bit of a, it was a bit of a chintzy call, but um, I went back to the penalty box. I was in there with Mike Fisher, and I was – well, you guys know you're right beside me. I was, I was pretty steaming. I was seeing red, and – uh, like I said last week, if that glass wasn't there separating me from you boys, um, we probably would have had some. Uh, <laughs> we would have had some good entertainment for the people at Rogers Arena. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, it goes to show you, Mike Fisher, though, what a guy, and he was in the box with you. He was there trying to calm you down. He was trying to put a stick in front of the camera. Is that just the type of player Mike Fisher was? Yeah, Fish is just you know he was you know when we first traded for Fish, obviously you guys know. Um, you know, my lifestyle away from the rink, I like to have fun. I was a single guy, and then we bring Fish in, and, and we all know he's a you know, straight-laced guy and a very religious guy. And, you know, I was a little concerned about, you know, telling stories in the dressing room or whatever it was, and uh, couldn't have been a classier guy. Uh, obviously, the way he played on the ice for us with, with, his, with his ability in the face-off circle. Uh, and just, he was exactly what we needed at the deadline in Nashville. And, um you know, people don't understand. It was tough for me to go back and play Vancouver in that second round. I remember watching Game 7 between Chicago uh, and Vancouver at my condo in Nashville. And, um, you know, I, I was pulling hard for the Hawks because I, I knew how good Vancouver was. Uh, I knew they'd be a tough out. And, and it just was hard for me to go to back, back to Vancouver, a city I love, uh, teammates I just went to war with the last two years. And to have to go out there and, and play the Stanley Cup play, playoffs against them a year later – uh, I wasn't really looking forward, to be honest with you, and it was uh, it was about as hard as I thought it was going to be, and uh, they ended up beating us in six. You know, while we're at it, I'm going to throw another apology out there just to keep the segue going because the first thing that Force <laughs> and I ever signed in 2010, we were at a Trevor Linden signing at a Save on Foods, and this girl had a brand new stitched 55 Shane O'Brien jersey. And she asked us to sign the fives, and we just defaced the hell out of this thing. I'm we sorry. Tried, we pleaded with her. We're like, please don't make us sign this. Like, let's track down OB. <laughs> so, some poor girl out there has no, our autographs on your Canuck jersey. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome, boys. And like I said, I got to give you credit. I mean, you know, you guys doing your thing with the green suits on, and, um, you know, a lot of people just go to a hockey game and grab a beer and enjoy the game where you guys took it to the next level. And, 
Um, it didn't go unnoticed, and, and it was it was funny at times. But at that particular moment, like I said, it was I just didn't want to be the reason that we lost that game in that series. And you guys were doing your headstand beside me, and um, deep down, boys, I was laughing, but on the surface, I looked really mad. I appreciate it, buddy. I got Shane O'Brien joining Force and Sully on Green Man Radio on Sportsnet 650. Uh, let's shift away from the Green Man stuff. Let's jump into your career because, I mean, you've a lot of twists and turns throughout. Uh, we mentioned the AHL playoff dominance of all D-men in 2006. But let's get into Anaheim. Then you jump over to Tampa where John Tortorella is your coach. What was that relationship like with one of your first NHL coaches being John Tortorella? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know what? I love Torts. It was... You know, I remember when I got traded from Anaheim to Tampa. Uh, it was right two days before the deadline. I was uh, driving back to Newport with Corey Perry, and, and we were meeting Dustin Penner for, for lunch at Sharky's and, and probably a couple cold beers after practice. And I remember getting the call and, and, and realizing at that particular moment that, you know, I probably lost the Stanley Cup because even though it was my rookie year, I knew how good that team was. Uh, we had so many great veterans in Solani and Pronger and Niedemeyer, and the list goes on and on. And then uh, the guys that came up with, you know, uh, Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry, Dustin Penner, Chris Kunitz. Uh, it was a real family. It was a real family feeling, and I was really upset when I got traded. But it's part of the business. And then, uh, you know, meeting Torts, it was it's exactly what you expect: high intensity, uh, a lot of passion. And uh, my first year when I was there, he was really good to me. And and, and you know, I made a lot of mistakes, and he kind of helped me through it. And then uh, I'll tell you what: my second year when I got back there was a lot different. But I knew he could, I knew he cared, but he was hard on me. Um, and, and I love John Tortorella. He, he made me a better person and a better player. And um, you, you know deep down that Torch cares about winning and cares about you as a person. And as a player, that's all you care about. Now, from Tampa, you get to Vancouver, joining perhaps the strongest core group of this team in its history. Uh, initial assessment of coming to Vancouver and joining such a strong, uh, strong core. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, you know. So, uh, obviously, Mike Gillis has traded for me, and, and Mike pulls me in his office first. You always meet the GM first. And, um, you know, he says, listen, we're, we got a great core here with the Sedins and the Wongo and Ned. You know, Kessler wasn't quite the player he was going to turn into. And Burroughs was kind of knocking on the door. And Bieksa, and, um, you know, had some toughness with Hordachuk and, and, and Ripper and myself. So, you know, he thought we were going to fight for a playoff spot where we ended up winning our division both years I was there. But... Um, when I first met AV, it, it didn't go exactly as players wanted to. You know, he called me in and he said, I don't know a whole lot about you, so we'll see how this goes. And <laughs> coming from Tampa, where I got traded for a first-round pick, to now a new organization where the coach doesn't know a lot about me, uh, I was a little concerned going in. But listen, boys, as you know, uh, I fell in love with the city. I fell in love with the fans. Did I have too much fun at times? Probably. But like I said, when I played there, I was a single guy, uh, Canadian in a Canadian market on a winning team. And... Um, I was just enjoying every single second I could because I knew it wouldn't last forever. Well, I want to get into the highlights of some of your playoff performances, especially those rivalries against the Blackhawks. But you did kind of mention new coach, new team, and maybe partying a little bit too much like we all did in our early 20s. Why wouldn't you in Vancouver? It's a glorious city. But you had, as a result of that, some pretty public spats with GM Mike Gillis. Uh, Did it... Any insight behind uh, your relationship with Gillis? And did you guys ever have any massive blowouts? Or was it kind of cordial and just, hey... Get get your bleep in line. Yeah, you know, well, it was just, you know, for me when it came to the, the troubles that I had with Mike and when I when I popped off in the media, um, you know, I, I was actually upset and hurt. They called me in they, and they they talked to me about, you know, we were obviously going through a losing streak at this time, and uh, he brought up fighting. And at that particular moment, I was leading the team in fights, and I was, you know, top five in the NHL. I think at the at the time in fights are close to so. 
Um, as any player tells you, fighting's part of the game. Uh, I didn't mind doing it, especially for my teammates, but uh, I wanted to be a player. I was still trying to build my, my you know, reputation in the NHL. I, I felt like I could play a regular shift. And um, like you said, I was young. <laughs> I, I thought I, you know, and then the media in, in Vancouver, it's always there. And they came up and talked to me. I remember I got back skated that morning, so I was already a little bit upset about how hard I got skated and said what I had to say. But uh, deep down, I feel like Mike always had my back uh, because he traded for me. And, and honestly, we got along better than people thought. And uh, it was what it was. I learned from it. And, and we went on to have, you know, some pretty two pretty good years in, in Vancouver. Yeah, you guys had a ton of success. And, and of course, in a few of those years, I mean, you meet uh, Chicago Blackhawks, which turned into just an incredible rivalry. Uh, some pretty heated moments. You were right in the middle of most of them. Uh, you know, the one that comes to mind that that almost bench clear in Chicago. I mean, the clip they always use is Burr with a handful of hair uh, with Duncan Keith. But, uh, you know, what was going through your mind? And, you know, as those rivalries are heating up, you get into those those kind of huge brawls. I mean, is, are you just looking for a partner to tango? How did those all go down? Yeah, it was just great. I mean, you know, one thing about the Canucks back in those days is, you know, we had a close-knit group in the dressing room, and, and honestly, everyone else around the league hated us, boys. You know, and, and we kind of enjoyed it. You know, Kessler loved it. Burroughs, you know, thrived off it. Bieksa loved it. Myself. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, we took pride in people, you know, chirping us and not liking us and ripping us in the media. And, uh, you know, when it came to the Blackhawks, you know, they, they, they hated us just as much as we hated them. And back in those days, you know, we had a tough team, and they had some guys who could chuck them, so... Uh, let's just say we were never going to back down to the Blackhawks. And unfortunately, the two years I was there, they got the better of us in the second round. And, um, you know, they were, you know, Stanley Cup winning teams. So it, it was what it was. But, it, boys, it was fun hockey. and some of my, you know, best highlights and most fun playing playoff hockey. You guys definitely set the tone for that 2011 team where they were hated around the NHL. But look at that 2009 team where Cass Burroughs, Tanner Glass, Rick Rippon, Darcy Orta, Chuck, you all over 100 penalty minutes. You don't see that too often around the league anymore. Uh, do you still keep in touch with any of your former Canuck teammates? Yeah, you know, I saw Hordy. Hordy's, uh, Hordy's a Thunderbird for that Waste Management Golf Tournament. So he actually runs the whole golf tournament. So I see him every year at the Waste Management I uh, see Biesca every now and then here in Newport. I used to see, I used to see Kessler when he was playing for the Ducks, but uh, he's moved back to Michigan. So um, that's a great thing about hockey boys. You make some great friendships and, and friendships that last forever, but at the same time, uh, like as much as you, uh, you know, would probably like to. Well, you just mentioned golf, and I know you're a massive golf guy, and so are we. Uh, Sully and I are actually heading down to Scottsdale in May to play the Waste Management Stadium course. I've never played it. Have you? I need the, the, the assessment. How's the golf game, and uh, what was your waste management experience like this year? Yeah, uh, I've never played the TBC Scottsdale. Um, I've heard a lot, a lot of my boys here in Colorado have a great time. I heard it's a great course. Uh, my golf game right now, I'm like a seven handicap. Retirement's been good to me in the last Beauty. couple of years. I've had, obviously more, yeah, I've had more time to play golf. Uh, I'm a member here at Big Canyon Country Club, which is about five to ten minutes from my house, so... As a single guy, I'm over there all the time working on the game, and I, and I love it. And, I've, and you know what it is? One thing, boys, is I've met so many cool people um, that have helped with my retirement from hockey and made it a lot easier. Because of, uh, I love the sport, and when it comes to the waste management, uh, have you guys ever been there? We yeah. have, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's a gong show in the best way possible. So uh, I've been the last two years. I love it. Horty dials me in with tickets right on 16, and he has a nice tent on 18, and um, let's just say the golf is secondary there. It's all about having fun. Tons of beautiful women, so it's uh, I love it. 
We had a chance to sit in a suite on the 16th hole b- directly because of the Green Men stuff. Arizona Tourism Board blew us down, and they put us in the same suite as the Phoenix Suns. And Vince Carter was on the team at the time, and we were maybe like 21, and we went up to Vince Carter, asked for a photo, and he essentially told us to get lost. <laughs> so that was oh, our waste management experience. Oh, yeah. It was brutal. <laughs> and we actually we got there like two minutes after there was the hole-in-one. The uh, I can't remember his name, the Aussie dude, but... Uh, so yeah, we came a little late for that. And then if you lean over the edge with a full beer, the whole crowd gets you to chug it. I didn't know that. Um, so anyways, different stories there, but a lesson, few tall boys. Lesson, lesson learned. Lesson yeah, a few learned. tall boys were slung back that day. <laughs> Speaking of which, though, um, you know, you're a guy that uh, obviously here in Vancouver, you, you know, you got a bit of the reputation, likes to go out and have a good time, which is never a bad thing. But, um, you know, you got to play in some amazing cities. And of course, the one I'm thinking here is Nashville, uh, Force and I obviously got a chance to go down in 2011, hit up Tin Roof, a little White Castle, and Tootsie's for dinner. Um, it was a beautiful thing. What was your time like playing in Nashville? What are some of the best party cities out there in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, Tin Roof was my spot in Nashville, boys. So, um, you know, we would go there. Basically, you know, all the single guys, and even the married guys would come out on a Saturday night and hit up the Tin Roof, and um, great fans there. I love my year in Nashville. It was it was obviously a lot different than Vancouver. Um, I loved Van. I loved the media attention. The media was always good to me. Um, and then you go to Nashville, and there's not quite as much pressure when it comes to that aspect of it, of, of you know responsibilities with the media and people watching you so closely. So I did enjoy that a little bit. Um, and our fans were awesome. And you know, Barry Trotz was one of my, if not my favorite coaches in the NHL. Um, just an ultimate players guy. He made it fun to come to the rink and. Uh, I wanted to stick around Nashville, just obviously when it comes to dollars and cents, it didn't make sense, and uh, they were moving in another direction. But Nashville is a great party town. Obviously, New York, L.A. Uh, had a lot of fun in Chicago, Dallas. Um, There's lots of good seasons in the NHL, and I tried, to, uh, I tried to enjoy every one of them. A few more minutes with Shane O'Brien on Green Man Radio on Sportsnet 650. Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan here as well. Uh, Shane, let's get into the, the post-career then. So you settled in SoCal. Uh, what are you up to, man? You seem like really busy. You got the podcast. Uh, we see through the Instagram and the Twitter, you're, you're hanging out with the celebs and Kevin Conley from Entourage. Uh, you guys are obviously good buddies. How's, how's his... Uh, what's, what's it like hanging out with all these guys? Yeah, you know, so Kevin's doing... Uh, so I met Kevin actually back in the day when uh, my first year in Vancouver, or my second year in Vancouver, we played L.A. in the second round. Um, Conn just happened to come to one of the games in L.A., and was up in a box with a couple of my buddies, and he was like, man, I really like this 55 O'Brien guy. He seems to be always in there and, and you know, being physical. So I ended up meeting him after, and um, I said, hey, man, I'll be back in Hollywood after the end of the season, whenever this ends. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, in June with the Stanley Cup, but I'll hit you up and uh, hit him up, and, you know, the rest is history. And Kevin's doing his own media group right now with Action Park Media. So everyone out there, uh, check it out. It's a, it's a cool little thing he's doing with a great podcast. Uh, and he's really enjoying it. So hanging out with him and trying to get involved with the podcast scene with him and uh, still doing my stuff with Sportsnet 650 with, with Dano and Randy, which I love. Um, you know, and I'm pulling hard for the Canucks this year, boys. They're, they're kind of in a bit of a slide right now. Uh, big game tonight against the Islanders, but I'm pulling hard for them. And I really want to see that Rogers Arena rocking again with the white flags going. And it's such a great playoff city. I think the fans of Vancouver deserve it. And I hope the boys find a way to get in. Yeah, definitely, man. And, and you know, final question out of me. I know that we're definitely not on this list, but if you can, <laughs> uh, best NHL memory on the ice, and we can be happy, trigger happy with the sensor button, best NHL memory off the ice. 
Whoa. Um, on the ice, obviously my first NHL goal. Um, it was amazing. I, I, you know, my, our years in the minors, you always just want to play one game in the NHL. Then you get one game and you want to get your first goal. And, you know, so when I got my first one, it was, it was amazing. Called my parents after it was super cool. Um, who'd you score against? You know, my first, uh, Dominic Hasek. No, not a bit, not, wow. not a big deal. Hall, not a big favorite, deal. Nice. Favorite, not a big deal. As Biz would say. Um, and then, you know, my first playoff game in New Jersey was huge and, you know, and then I would put up playing playing playoff hockey in Vancouver, boys. Coming out with those white flags buzzing and driving to the rink. You know, I lived in Cole Harbor, so I'd be driving from Cole Harbor over to the rink, and you can see the buzz of the city. And um, I really enjoyed playoff hockey in Vancouver. And um, you know, we came close my two years. Um, if it wasn't for those pesky Hawks, maybe there would have been a little bit different history written. But um, playoff hockey, I loved it in the NHL. It was a lot of fun. And then. Um, off the ice would be always my rookie parties that I would throw in LA. I would be the I would be the guy that throws a rookie party, which doesn't surprise you guys. Uh, and Kevin Conley would Kevin Conley would always help me out. And I remember the one we had with Denver. We had a big party back at the Roosevelt uh, Roosevelt Hotel. And um, let's just say the numbers were really good that night. There was a lot of beautiful women at it, and uh, it goes down as one of my favorite memories. Good stuff. We'll get you out of here on this, Shane, because we like to break news on Green Men Radio, and I think this will affect you as well. This is happening now because of the coronavirus. Moments ago, they just announced Coachella has been pushed back to October. Does this affect your spring? <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I read that yesterday or today, actually, on Twitter. And um, honestly, boys, I, I've done Coachella four or five times. I've, uh, like my NHL career, I've, I've hung up my uh, Coachella boots or whatever you want to call it. It's, just, <laughs> it's too much for me now. It's gotten too big. Uh, you know, my, my old hockey back hurts too much walking around, but. Um, I would have went out there for the parties at night, so I'm, I'm a little bit bummed about that because there's always some really cool parties after Coachella's done, uh, and I was heading out for those. So uh, it kind of sucks that it's canceled, but this coronavirus, we got to take care of it, and hopefully, um, you know, it'll be back to normal here soon because Pearl Jam got canceled at the Forum in April, and I was fired up for Pearl Jam, so I was a little upset about that too. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Uh, okay, well, we've got to wrap things up. Thank you so much, Shane, man, for joining us. Truly do appreciate it, man. And, uh, yeah, and obviously all you do with, uh, with the shows on Sportsnet 650 throughout the week. And, I mean, of course, we can catch anytime. Point Breakaway is the name of the podcast with Shane O'Brien and Josh Cooper. It is a beautiful thing, especially if you're a Keanu Reeves fan. Uh, yeah, buddy, thanks so much, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, that was fun, boys. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Sweet. Right, yeah. Thanks, boys. thanks so much, Shane. We'll talk Thank to you, you soon, buddy. All right. Later. Yeah, Shane O'Brien on uh, Green Men Radio on Sportsnet 650. I can honestly say that was probably the most fun I've had doing an interview on. On he's an open book. Yeah, loves life. Yep. Like uh, we're two for two on these like energetic guys who are just like bringing the stories. Guy's an absolute gem, man. I mean, and it just goes to show like how cool the NHL lifestyle is. Like for us going to that waste management open, like one of the highlights. Yeah, like unbelievable. It's like, oh, yeah, I go down every year. Yeah, I go check out the stadium court. Yeah, like, the stadium hole. Like, just crazy, man. So, I can't I can't even imagine the day-to-day agenda of a guy like SOB. Oh, uh, you know, I got the VIP to corona, or to the, almost said coronavirus, but to, to coronavirus Coachella. No, I yeah. got the, the VIP to Coachella. I've done it for a couple of years, but I'm just kind of bored of it now. Yeah, right? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's take a little break. No but problem. you know what? He has identified, he, how many times did he say he was single? <laughs> oh yeah, he wanted to make it clear, toss it out there, which yeah. is good for him. So yeah, I do appreciate a guy who is just enjoying life, golf, yeah. getting the podcast going, uh, kind of trying to work his way into the sports media world, and I think you'll have yeah. a very successful career. 
I think so. And and that's why I was such a huge fan of the guy when he was here. Is because like here's a guy that is just like mid twenties. He's got dough in the bank. He's got you know a reputation. Go out and have some fun. Like you know, obviously his names and lights place for the Canucks, but have some fun, man. Enough of this like being all too PR like and no no no. Live it up. You only get you only get to live one life, and he's doing it. Shane O'Brien is the epitome of living life, baby. On that note, we head to the break because coming up in a few minutes on Green Men Radio on Sportsnet 650 with Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan, we get into the Yuck Yucks Vancouver airing of grievances as we're going to fire Sully up and see if he can bring the heat this week. I also want to talk about Tyler Toffoli, 10 points in 10 games for the Canucks. What kind of contract would be worth him coming back to Vancouver next season? And also we'll get into Roberto Luongo's retirement night and how we were almost there. We'll be back in a few minutes on Green Men Radio. Welcome back to Green Men Radio with Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan on Sportsnet 650. Brought to you by WhistlerBungie.com. Final segment of Green Men Radio on Sportsnet 650 for your Wednesday evening. I'm Adam Forsyth, joined by Ryan Sullivan, the Green Men. On sports night. I love the ring of it. We're nine episodes in. One more to go on April 1st. It will not be an April Fool's Day joke. I'm excited for that one. A couple more former guests lined up. We're going to keep it a surprise, so keep it a bit of a mystery. Yeah, we've had just a running list of fantastic guests and interviews. And yeah, maybe I am pumping our tires a little bit. But if you go back to the podcast list, you look at those old shows, they're evergreen. That's what I love about it. And that's like that's a word that you love to use in the podcast world. It's something that I'm can a pine live man myself. forever. <laughs> it's something that will live. It's something that's not dated. We're not just like, oh, you know, how was the Canucks power play against Carolina? No, no, no. We're actually talking about real stuff. We're talking about their careers, awesome stories, and we're bringing out the best in them as they are in Green Man Radio. Uh, full transparency, the, the reason my motivations for doing this show is just to get to chat with a bunch of former Canucks that I looked up to growing up, right? (laughs) Like I know the initial premise, we discussed this with Shane last segment was to interview players that were in the penalty box, but then when the opportunity arise to like, you know, chat with JT Miller. And I mean, he's the current Canuck, but Chris Higgins and all these guys, it's been fantastic. It's been a blast and we're far from done. So I'm really excited for the future of green men radio. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's jump into a former Canuck that I would love to get on the show. We got to get him on one day. And we know that he is a fan of ours. It is Roberto Luongo. He became the first Florida Panther to have his jersey retired. That happened last weekend. And Sully, we were we were almost there. We almost got to witness this we live. Came and we very probably close. would have been wearing the green suits for the first time in a long time. Yeah, we came very close. It would have been the comeback game we had the seats right down by the box. We had access. We would have chatted with Bobby Luongo uh, right before the ceremony. However, a couple things fell apart. Uh, Damn the you, week Corona! Of, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what happened. And uh, yeah, so unfortunately, we couldn't make it down. But I still made the best of the weekend. Uh, my wife was honored for being one of the top 25 students ever, ever. In her high school in his 25-year history. So I was there to support her. Which is an opportunity that I would have easily... And yeah, no problem. I would have missed that to go to Florida. Yeah, would you have been in trouble if you went to Florida? No, she's like, she's like, yeah, you you do not have to come to this. Please, it's okay. Because she thought she had to do a speech. So she was so worried. Oh, okay. We got there, she didn't have to do a speech. But um, but yeah, I, I 
if we had it all figured out in Florida, no problem. So, yeah, we were close. Again, Luongo was honored. And the thing is, when you look at who he played with in Florida, like who was going to attend the ceremony? So I think maybe they were just like, you know, just bring the green man down and throw them in the seats. At least that'll be kind of doing some sort of thing. I don't know. We'll find out what happens down there because we looked and who are they going to bring? Victor Kozlov, Marcus Nilsson, like (laughs) Valerie and Pavel Bure both played about 100 games with them. So they were legit options. It would have been hilarious if Bure attended that and skipped the Sedin's jersey retirement, (laughs) but that did not happen. Uh, So yeah, unfortunately, because of coronavirus concerns, it was obviously best that we not really traveling across North America, like from the one of the furthest points to the furthest points. Yeah. So we avoided that. Uh, but what do you make of Luongo's legacy in Vancouver? Because now he's had his jersey retired here in, uh, or not here in Vancouver, but in Florida. Will he have his jersey retired here in Vancouver? And before you answer, mm-hmm. let me play you something that might sway your opinion. This is Luongo doing poetry about the Green Men. I see you in my periphery giving me an epiphany. I appreciate your distracting opponents with your actions. But how do you expect me to manage when, dude, I can see your package? Beautiful. Well said. Beautiful. (laughs) Dudes, I can see your package. Yeah, it was out there. Uh, I don't think that, I mean, just based on the way everything went down, the contract, the captaincy, everyone got all negative on Bobby Lou. I don't know if I see a jersey retirement in the cards. Then again, same thing happened to Pavel Bure. But are we putting him up there in that echelon? Yes, he holds so many goalie records for the Canucks. But I think guaranteed, guaranteed, if nothing else, this is a ring of honor. For sure. Yeah. At the least. He is the best Canucks goalie of all time. I know. But I, I know. So that's where if Kurt McLean, also an awesome guy, but yeah, yeah. he's in the ring of honor. Yeah, it's just I totally agree with you. Where it's almost too, it's a little too soon. It's a little, it's a little too it fresh. Is. It is, and and that's the thing is that maybe let's you know revisit this a, a year from now or something or Even two further. years from yeah. now, like Beret, ten years down the road. Right now we've got, we've got Pavel Beret, we've got Stan Smeal, we've got Trevor Linden, we have both Sedins, we have Marcus Naslin, we have six jersey banners in the rafters with zero cup banners. And a hell of a lot of division title banners up there. Let's not raise another banner just yet. Let's wait for this team to run its course. Wait for this youthful youthful core to, you know, meet their potential. And if they don't raise a banner up, then okay, let's raise one more. But let's let's cool it on the banner raising for a little while. For sure. The only banner I'm a fan of right now is Bruce. Yes. Here you go. Hold four. Useless trivia. Uh, when the Grizzlies came in, they had a banner, the inaugural season. But there was also another banner up there for the Greater Vancouver Open, which was later renamed the Air Canada Championship. And it had all the winners listed. Who was the first winner? Guy Boros. There it is. <laughs> Who was the second winner? Mark Elkovic. Oh, baby. Lock it in. <laughs> I, guys, I'm a freak when it comes to golf. <laughs> I play I Northview. It. it was held at Northview. I golf mm-hmm. there pretty much every weekend. They have a giant banner hanging in there. I still remember, and this is going way off course because this is a hockey-based show, but... I didn't go, and they were like, Sergio Garcia's coming. He's like the Spanish Tiger Woods, this new guy on tour. That's how long ago this was. He was the new guy on tour, and I didn't go, and I kick myself to this day. Could have seen the Spaniard. I got yelled at by Mike Weir because I was like eight years old, and I was running past the green, and it caused him to apparently miss a putt. <laughs> I don't know. But he was known for, he's always been known for blaming things that are completely oh, have nothing to do with anything. He yelled, come on, wind, and it was ridiculous. Come on, wind. 
So uh, yeah. I don't know how we strayed from that. Oh, because we're talking banners and Luongo yeah. and stuff like we're that. We're weird fans, by the way. But we are just... we are Mike Weir fans. Send yeah, us yeah. some Mike Weir wine. It's Gotta delicious. Yeah. A nice cab salve. Uh, so yes or no on the Luongo jersey retirement? Yes, but it's going to be at least four to five years. Yes, I think Ring of Honor is the way to go. All right. We go from that to, again, it Luongo's injury and his his choice to retire and not go on the injured reserve list, mm-hmm. which is kind of screwed over the Canucks salary cap a little bit moving forward for the next couple of years. That is a major problem. And I think that's a sticking point for a lot of fans, which brings us to the Berard physiotherapy injury report. As Ryan and I both know in order to stay at the top of our games, you need to keep your body feeling right. And what better way to do so than see the physios over at Berard physiotherapy, the skilled and caring therapist at Berard physio will carefully assess and prescribe exercises to get you back to doing what you love. They also have access to leading edge equipment like laser shockwave, anti-gravity treadmills. That's right, anti-gravity. They're breaking the laws of physics, people. They also have access to leading edge equipment like the laser and shockwave, as I mentioned. No matter what the injury, no matter what the sport or activity, Berard Physiotherapy has you covered the best treatment plan for you. 150 years of combined experience, you know, at Berard Physiotherapy. You're in the right hands, Ryan. It's You're true. in the right hands. I've seen the anti-gravity. It's awesome. The big injury this week is the injury to Nathan McKinnon. The Colorado Avalanche cannot stay healthy. You got to feel for them. Down one to two weeks with a lower body injury. It is good news for the Canucks, though. That means it will be a McKinnon-less lineup nice. when they well play Friday against the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, no, it is definitely good news, and the timing of it is fantastic. I don't feel too badly for the Avalanche. That team has got a lot of talent in that room. And when a guy goes down like David Kinnan, yeah, that is a big loss. No question. I'm not making light of it. But like I say, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of depth in there. Someone can pick up the pieces. I have to believe. Um, I hope so. I mean, what? the Kadri, Burakovsky, Rantanen, McKinnon, Grubauer, all off the top of my head. Those guys are all out of the lineup. That's yeah. a lot. It's, it, but like you look back a few games ago with the Canucks. And, and McCarr. Yeah, and, and Myers is out of the lineup. Stetcher comes in, unfortunate bounce off the foot, and everyone's like, oh, he can't play that many minutes. Troy Stetcher can't do that. He's, who do you think you are? The Avalanche have guys that that can play these minutes. And obviously, you know, when it comes to forwards as well, they're a little more stacked up front, so I don't feel too bad for them. However, for the Canucks, yes, this is nothing but great news for them. Yeah, so you just pointed out, though, people panicking a little bit when the Canucks have their injury concerns. Do I sense a Yuck Yucks <laughs> Vancouver area of grievances? some heat in my voice because I just found a parking ticket on my on my windshield, but right right let's, now, like, let's segue right before we this. Yeah, I got some spice. I got some spice here. Let's do it. Okay, bring it on. This is the Yuck Yuck Vancouver airing of grievances. Jamie Lee at Yuck Yucks Vancouver, May eighth and 9th. She is fantastic. Catch her on the HBO show Crashing and all her stand up. Plenty of stuff on YouTube, Comedy Central, The Works. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're gonna hear about it. The tradition of Festivus begins. With the airing of grievances. This is the airing of grievances brought to you by Yuck Yucks Vancouver. To see which comics are on their way to the comedy club, check them out across social media at Yuck Yucks Van or online anytime at yuckyucks.com. All right, to these idiot fans out there that were saying the Canucks can just cruise to the finish line with 500 hockey, this was just one week ago, Adam, that I was hearing this. Oh, yeah, well, you know, if we, if we play 500, no problem. Well, we're that good, we're that elite. The, the, their voices are that high, bitch. Yeah, they were. No. 
You are idiots. Hockey is a grind, especially this time of year. You cannot take your foot off the gas. You're the same Jamokes that said Chris Tanev is worth a first-rounder. You're the same Jamokes that said Dan Hamhuis is worth a first-rounder. And you're the same Jamokes that say Trevor Linden is a Hall of Famer. He's not. He's a Vancouver folk hero, will always be a legend around these parts, but he's not getting the nod. Let's face it, end the argument. What I propose is you do, you take your standards down. Take them down and view the 2020 rendition of the Vancouver Canucks as a middle-of-the-pack hockey team because that's what they are. Sure, this team has looked elite at times. Sure, they've gone on elite-looking runs. They've beaten elite teams. But they're not elite. They're not quite at that echelon just yet. And, you know, to their credit, they've, they've had some nice moments this season. They may very well have two Calder trophies back-to-back, which would be the first time. Here's some fun trivia for you. Since 1967-68, when Derek Sanderson and Bobby Orr last did it for the Boston Bruins. The last time a team went back-to-back. Pretty impressive. Uh, If you look at this team, though, it is very middle of the pack. Wild card punch. You gain a new respect for the brand of hockey when you take down your expectations. I've been a Closet Flyers fan this year. You know this. I haven't broadcasted too much. Uh, I get ripped a lot when I do. Uh, But, you know... They were just a team that wasn't getting the job done, but that's okay. Now that they're on this huge run, you can't help but love it. It's fantastic. But when a team goes on a run like the Canucks have, and you set your expectation level there, it's like these morons that watched the 2011 Cup run and now have the expectation level of, if it's not Cup, it's not a good season, it's garbage. Lower the expectation, and you'll just enjoy the brand of hockey the Canucks are playing right now. They don't have to go on runs. They just got to be good enough. And that's exactly what they are most nights. Thank you. Thank you. I went off script. I had a, like another page, but I saw you were starting to fade there. You were starting to doze a bit. So. I was just trying to, I was doing a Jamoke counter in my head. <laughs> it's a great word. And uh, I think I might have used it one too many times. So no more uses tonight. I will challenge that one. We only have a few minutes left on Green Men Radio on Sports 650. Ryan Sullivan <laughs> with his epic airing of grievances brought to you by Take Yuck down Yucks. the expectations. Vancouver. You make a lot of fine points there, Sully. Uh, I got to agree with you. I mean, expectations are sky high, but whose fault is that? The idiot fans. There's an epidemic of morons in this town. Take it down a notch. This is a middle-of-the-pack team that sometimes plays out of their shoes. That's. I think the issue is that it causes, like, what, the moves the Canucks have made in the last year are sh- showing fans they think they can contend for the Cup. Absolutely. Next year. Oh, okay. Let's just make the playoffs, and then next year let's worry about a run. If you make the playoffs, how would you deem the season? If the Canucks squeak in... I would deem it a success. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's shoot for that. Why, why are people saying, like, oh, we should win the division? Enough. Let's just make it in. What the hell? I totally agree. I just don't like that they've mortgaged a big part of their future. Agreed. Agreed. But, but it's a move that's not going to hurt them barring if they don't re-sign Toffoli. But it's, if they can, you know, lock up Toffoli, even on like a short term, another year or two, something like that, it's a move that doesn't hurt them for the next year or two because this core can stay intact. Well, let's get into it then. Tyler Toffoli scoring again last night. He's been phenomenal. 10 points in 10 games since joining the Canucks. I, I question the, the price tag when mm-hmm. they initially acquired him because even at a rental cost, but... Right now, this is looking like a very shrewd move by Jim Benning. And do you think that they can get him under contract moving forward? 
I think so, because, I mean, you know, there's the Pearson connection. He looks like he's having a great time out there. He fits in beautifully with this core. There's some nice synergy, some nice chemistry. But my question, though, is how much money is it going to take for Markstrom? Because you also got to keep some money, and keep in mind, Petey's coming up, too. It's good. It could be tricky. could be tricky. And of all of them, Toffoli, I would think, would be the casualty. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Toffoli, I'm not, like, taking a discount. So you're yeah. gonna you're hitting the market for the first time in your career. You're gonna sign a big ticket if you want to. Yeah. Uh, maybe he does like Vancouver. That'd be nice if he he did stick around. But again, yeah, I totally agree with you. With the the cap crunch is a massive problem. With the salary cap, they said it's going to go up to maybe eighty eight million. Eighty eight million. Everyone's like, oh, that'll solve all the problems. Well, now the coronavirus and so affecting the dollar. So like it yeah. it might bring the cap down. Who knows? It could be a really bad situation. So yeah, you got to get Markstrom under contract. Stetcher. For Tannen, our RFAs, you got to figure out what to do with them. Tannen's a UFA. I pretty much have to let him walk at some point. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to replace these people. Yeah. It. Uh, so that's why we should just focus on the Canucks making the playoffs now. Exactly. Now that Brock Besser's now that Brock Besser's back in the lineup, ideally, what is your top six if you had to pick the three lines? Oh Did you like the way it was set up last night with Miller and Pedersen and uh, Toffoli? Yeah. And then having the second line made up of Besser. Uh, Pearson and Besser. Did you say Besser, Pearson, and Besser? Maybe. Okay. Or that. No, <laughs> yeah, right. Um Yeah, no, I, I, I don't mind it, but I mean, like you alluded to earlier, uh, Besser, if the Canucks were winning right now, would not be in the lineup because he kind of, I get it, it's his first game back. He kind of looked like a shell of his former self out there. It's going to take him a few games to pick it up. The guy that I'm loving right now, who I wouldn't be offended if he gets top six minutes, I'm loving Antoine Roussel. A former guest to the show. He's got a little sandpaper, a little ice in the veins. I'm digging it. He doesn't make too many mistakes for me, anyhow. I don't mind it. Um, and and I think he's grinding it out. He could very well get those minutes. He was out there uh, a couple games ago in the dying minutes because he's earning those. He's, he's he's earning his ice time, and I like it. He he was singing uh, or Coach Travis Green was singing his praises because he was struggling early in February to the mm-hmm. point where there's some people saying like maybe just healthy scratching for a game like kind of get him. Is it his knee bugging him again? Yeah. I mean, coming back from a major surgery like that is really tough, but I totally agree with you. The last few games, he has been playing great, and he has really become an anchor on that line with Adam Gaudet and then whoever they play with. Last yeah. night, like that line, Gaudet, McEwen, and, and Roussel, yeah. Zach McEwen scored three games in a row. He's looked, and Gaudet's looked awesome as well. Yeah. Not taking anything away from him, but that's, you know, do you break that line up? Do you, do you boost one of those guys up to the top six? I don't think so. Keep it intact. I mean, you're getting bottom line minutes, but they're making a, they're making a difference out there. They're doing a great job with, with the few minutes they're getting. And I'm about to introduce a new segment. We needed a church to sponsor it, but this this church, this segment is called Praise Be, and it's brought to you by the Church of Latter Day Saints. No, we didn't. No, that's not a sponsor. That's, <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> you said you, you said he wanted a church. That's the first one I thought of. I don't know why. Praise Be, Louis Erickson is back to be a healthy scratch. <laughs> Praise Be. <laughs> oh my! Wow. When you can pull out a good Handmaid's Tale reference. Praise be. There it is. Yeah. You're, you're liking that. Yeah. I mean, whatever he brings defensively does not make up for his offensive shortcomings. And as we've seen, the Canucks are really struggling to score goals right now. And they haven't been keeping the puck out of the net. So it yeah. wasn't working. Last night, they got the win. Very convenient. He was not a part of it. Yeah. Uh, it's tough for Erickson. That is a contract. They need to figure out how to move in the offseason, and that will fix a lot of cap problems. They really, really – yeah, and, and that would that would obviously welcome back to Foley with open arms and Markstrom probably if they could figure that one out. But 
Yeah, I don't know. Should we? Do we keep you know beating our head against the same wall with this about the contract? It's it's not going to change. He obviously has no problem with it. You just got to hope for the best out of the player, and they're still, still, still not getting it. Well, we'll have to put in a good word with Chris Higgins now that he's in the Canucks front office, yeah. and we'll say, "Hey, can you take care of the situation here?" I couldn't believe that he said he doesn't use beard oil because <laughs> he doesn't have a beard. It's all natural. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but when he does grow that beard, that's all him. Impressive. Uh, well, another episode of Green Man Radio on Sportsnet 650 comes to a close. Fantastic episode. Thank you again for listening tonight. Adam Forsyth and Ryan Sullivan with you. Connect us on Twitter at Adam Forsyth, at Sullivan Cooper, at The Green Man. Cannot thank Shane O'Brien and Chris Higgins for joining us tonight. We are back with our next episode. We're taking a few weeks off, but we're back on April 1st at 7 o'clock on Sportsnet 650. Catch us on iTunes and Spotify or on sportsnet.ca slash 650 slash Green Men Radio. Once again, powered by... Worcester Bungie. Yeah! <laughs> See, I just wanted to... It was like a free fall jump off. I was point. bending down to pick up a cracker. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. So you throw it your back there. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you in just a few weeks. And again... Go Canucks, go. Stay safe, stay healthy. Coronavirus.